The following episode of Fofop is classified MA. It contains some coarse language, some nudity, drug references, a sex scene, time travel, terrible Batman impersonations, a Charlie Clausen pronounced Clausen-shaped hole, and mild coarse language. Fofop advises that the program is not suitable for persons under the age of 15, and minors must be accompanied by an adult guardian or priest. This is John Deke speaking. Everyone relax. This is Toe Fop. <laughs> Ironically, I'm not relaxed. <laughs> hello, hello, and welcome to Faux Fop. I am Will Anderson, and guest Charlie Clawson, returning guest Charlie Clawson, Felicity Ward is here. Hello. Oh, hi. How are you? Uh, this is very. Um, last time we did it in London. Yes, and uh, now we're doing it in LA. And the first time we did it in Melbourne. This is like it's very exciting. It's very exciting. I wonder if you're my only guest. I always ask like, this, these sort of questions, <laughs> and I could easily find out. Yeah, but I'm often with somebody. I, I wonder if you're the only person who's done Send it in three different countries. Send us an email. If we, yeah, yeah. I'm sure somebody knows. I should hope so. There must be somebody else who has, but I'm not sure that there is. Maybe you are the only person. I like three it. continents. I like it already. I really World like domination. It. Yeah, that's what we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> One podcast at a time. What are you doing in Los Angeles? Why are you here? Because you were in London last time I was speaking to you. You were going to make yourself a, yeah, spend some time in, in London. And I did. Yeah, and how was it? It was awesome. You like it, don't yeah, you? Yeah, I do. I really I'm like still it. still not sure. I know. I'm still not convinced. I think you are sure that you don't like it. <laughs> I think you're pretty confident with that. I don't know. If my British career took off, maybe I'd change my mind. <laughs> This old bloody. But looking looking at the podcast numbers, even like to be honest, even nah. for a free podcast, the UK isn't that interested. No, not interested. <laughs> All right. I, what do I like about it? I like how much I can gig just in London. Because uh-huh. I, I, the reason I moved there is because I just want to get better. Right. And I think that the only way that I can get better is by doing it all of the time. Yeah. You know, the ten thousand ten thousand hours or whatever. Sure. And um, I don't. I think that I'm better. I was there for 10 months and so, like up until a week ago. I wonder, I, I, I'm sorry to make this so crude so early. Uh, I'm people, looking forward to no, it. No, people love when the um, like when uh, girls are on the podcast and sometimes I get feedback from people going, I wish you could have w- more women on the podcast. I literally, as often as I can, who like, you know, it's normally, to be honest, in my experience, women friends of mine have better shit to do than this. Yeah, right. So I appreciate that you've, you've found an hour in your I... actual life to be here. But um, uh, I wonder if there's a point because the 10,000 hours is like – and if people don't you know, know that concept, you know, that you have to kind of get 10,000 hours under your belt to really sort of nail something. Mm. Does, do you think that – does that apply to like – I mean, this is where I was going to go. It was going to awesome. be dirty. But Great. like does it apply to masturbation? Like is there a point after you've like put in 10,000 hours of masturbation where you just hit a like really yeah. sweet spot? That's right. You get like, up to where the your next body's level. like – Oh my God, you've gone some Gladwell shit on my ass. I, you know? <laughs> this is the tipping point. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think. I, the oh. sequel to Blink, Wank. I like it. It's good. <laughs> it's, I don't know. I'm, look, this is a tricky one to talk about without talking about personal experience. I don't know. You can make it um, uh, like, you know. You could. You can speculate. But I've never been in someone else's body to masturbate. I know, but how good would that be? You'd do it if oh. you're in someone else's body, yeah, right? Yeah, of course you would. Yeah. Because, well, okay, especially if it was a guy. Run me through this. So, <laughs> I'm listening. Freaky Friday style. Okay. Like, <laughs> <laughs> wasn't that like the mother and the daughter that swapped? Well, okay, wasn't Gross. that? Gross. All right. Gross. It's a gritty reboot of Freaky Friday. Okay, so friend swap? It's a friend swap. Okay. So, like, you can. Um, yeah, so, okay, choose. Someone comes to you and says, okay. No pun intended. We've got this uh, new technology. You can swap bodies with one of your friends. They also have to volunteer and they have to volunteer to go into your body for 24 hours. Okay. And, and that's what it is. Like, you know, would you, A, would you be up for it? B, who, like, you know, what friend would you choose and why would you choose them? Okay. And then C, what would you do? Oh, oh Okay. I reckon, how long is it for? How much? 24 how, hours. All right. Yes. But it can be any, like, I mean, if, for example, I guess you wanted to, you had a friend, you've got some friends in show business, right? Showbiz. Say, say one of your friends was playing, like, you know, a really big show or like a really big, like, gig or whatever, and you were like, oh, that's the thing I've always wanted to experience. I could ruin it for them. 
you could Perfect. ruin it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, if one of your really good friends, you're yeah. like, I've always wanted to ruin this Welcome person's Welcome to the career. stage, Will Anderson. Hi, guys. Tonight I will be reciting some poetry. <laughs> and then I'm going to cry for a while. I'm taking my career in a different direction. I reckon I could survive one night. <laughs> I'm Will fucking Anderson. Right, yeah, exactly. Um, that's what, actually, I think we talked about that last time. <laughs> you opening the windows and shooting yourself, was it? Saying, I'm Will fucking Anderson. Um, I reckon I would do it. Uh, I wouldn't, I would not masturbate if it was a friend of mine, though, even. Oh, yeah, okay, right. I wouldn't. Because then when yeah, we okay. swap bodies, I'd have to go, Ugh. Oh, I don't think you'd have to say anything. They don't no, know. you would have to live with they it. They have though. no memory. I would have to live with it. Even if I had body memory, I would have masturbated my friend. Right. But, That's gross. Well, here's what I'm going to tell you. I'm walking into this. What? He definitely will masturbate in your body. Sure. So, <laughs> like, regardless of what you do. That's fine. And he can live with that and enjoy it. Um, if it was enjoyable for him. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Do you, here's the other thing. All right. I, I don't think that we discussed this last time. I don't think Doesn't so. Doesn't matter. It's fine. Um. Most guys will see more ginas than women ever will. Right. So with guys, you often we in front of each other. There is more of a culture of hilarious dick flashing. Yep. Puppetry so of the penis. You can go and see puppetry of the classic, penis. Yep. A classic. An industry. So an industry. A Broadway <laughs> an show. An empire. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and so you see a, a lot. A Dick Dynasty. Sorry. Oh, there you go. Sorry. I, you know there what? There has to be another one. I just felt like I had to go back for Dick Dynasty. I knew that it, you'd actually moved on, but I was like, you know what? Worth it. I've got to go back for Dick Dynasty. You're even writing that down. Yeah, it might, it might be the episode name at this point. That's it. <laughs> I, like to, <laughs> I like to make notes these Scrooge days. Scrooge McDick. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> that's pretty good, actually. Thank you. Um, so you get to you get to see different penises as you as you grow up yep. at different stages, uh-huh. and women also get to see different penises, not to the same extent. Uh-huh. But we don't actually get to see many other ginas. And when you do, you go, "Is that? Yeah, is that the way they're supposed to look? Is there a situation where a friend will show you their vagina, like as in, like if <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't even mean you in- bored? Yeah, I'm bored. <laughs> Want to look at my vagina? Yeah, all right. <laughs> no, I don't even mean in that way. I just mean like that we hear a lot about women being more comfortable with like, you know, expressing to each other, yeah. you know, what's wrong with them or if there's an issue or like whatever, that sort of thing. So I just wondered if at some stage, you know, you go, hey, I've got this rash or I've got this lump and you show your friend your vagina. Look, I'm going to – I can't speak for all women, but I think that I can say no. Okay, fair enough. Um, you might walk around nude in front yeah. of someone. But so, you know, I've been to Korean baths many times uh-huh. and Korean baths, you have to be totally nude. Yeah. Um, and that's actually where I've seen women's bodies the most where I go, oh, this is fine. This actually happened last year where I went, this, the concept of, um, of people having body image problems and being body conscious uh-huh. would all be solved if all women went to a Korean bath once a month because inevitably there is a size 18 Korean lady squatting over a plastic bowl, washing herself out with the water. And I'm like, that's fine. Everything is fine. All bodies are good. Nothing is abnormal. Yeah. It's a really good way of getting perspective about what is. It's a theme that comes up quite a lot. And I think it's one that probably is going to come up in my show because it certainly is top of mind for me, which is this idea of us measuring ourselves against this unrealistic, you know, idea of what everybody else has going on. Mm. Like, you know, both when you talk in a mental way, like, you know, you know, like you think your life is much worse than other people or mm. things are terrible for you when everybody else is in these great relationships or whatever. Uh, but, you know, but yeah, from every point of view, there's this yes. whole idea of going, we want to be happier than other people, but we think other people are happier than they actually are. Yes. So not only do we want to do something that we shouldn't want to do anyway, like, which is be happier than other people, yes. which should be enough to be happy ourselves. That's what the concept is comparing your insides to other people's outsides. Right. Mm. It makes no fucking sense at all. No sense. And and as you say, like we do so much even in our world of like covering up our bodies or presenting ourselves in certain Mm. ways that it's not until you're entirely naked in a Korean bath when you're like Oh, no, no, no. It's fine. Like, this is actually what people's bodies look yes, like. Yes, absolutely. Because the only people you see naked ordinarily are people who think it's okay to take their clothes off in public. Like your partner. And that is not representative of everyone, though. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Absolutely. And um, 
Oh, I had a point. I don't know if I was going to say. I can't remember what I was going to say. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter at all. Doesn't matter. Oh, okay. Yeah. So this happened even like three days ago, right? So I'm in LA. We both are. It's, as you know, a very superficial town. Can be. Uh, can be. Uh, a not lot all of, of it. Not what all I of would it? like to say about it, and I was talking to this about some. I was talking about this to someone the other day, uh, and they were asking me about the idea of like, like it's, it's a very fake city, isn't it? And they're like, who do you hang out with? Do you hang out with the Australian actors and stuff? And I said, you know what, I do see some of the Australian actors and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I said when I first came over here, I saw a lot of Australian actors and stuff like that. But people that I wouldn't really hang out with if I was hanging out at home. I was only really hanging out with them because they were the only people I knew here. Mm -hmm. And what I've found really naturally is three years in, I mostly just hang out with comics. Like I mostly hang out with comics at home. Because they're the people I work with and the people I relate to and the people I enjoy spending time with. And so that's my LA now. My LA is comedy clubs. My LA is hanging out with my friends and doing podcasts and doing work and that sort of thing. But there is certainly an aspect of this city that is incredibly superficial focused on the exterior so i went to okay i'll bring it back to me i am really more self-conscious of my face uh or my age so wherever i am in the whole world i don't give a shit about my age Uh i'm 33 i don't care who knows that i'm 33 absolutely fine don't even think about it when i get here and go for auditions or whatever. So I was going to meet my agent last Friday. I was like putting on some makeup and, you know, and I went, I put on this lipstick and it made my teeth look really yellow. And my teeth are a bit yellow. And I looked at them and went, oh, my God, your teeth are so yellow. And I've got these brown spots because I got these fake teeth when I was four, uh, 14 because I have pointy teeth at the front. They're all caps. Spoiler alert. Uh, so it's like you're always shouting. It's Because your teeth are all caps. Yeah. I'm here all week. Yeah. <laughs> He's staying here, folks. Thank God. Uh, no. And I, I started getting paranoid about <laughs> Sorry, I enjoyed I'll that I'll joke. Let you, you know I'll what? Let... I enjoyed I that joke. I know. You could do – like, I mean, not, you could do that as a joke. That's a joke you could actually do. I, ha- I have like written – Like a joke a, joke. Yeah, I really, I've written that down before, something similar to that, and I'm like, I've written, I don't know. I've, I, you know what? Because I, I write a lot of shows, but I really like write jokes. Sorry, that's not a great that's ad for my true. shows. That's not true. That's not true at all. You no, do no, jokes. But not joke jokes. Like, I do, like, stories that I've, like, you know, made into jokes to tell the story that I'm doing sort of thing. No, or you – I actually would call you – I would absolutely call you a joke joke writer, especially when it comes to – news stuff I was thinking about it the other day and how good your joke was about um you can't water you can't water your plants it was a drought joke and you said how am I going to get water your car uh, wash your car over your plants oh yeah and you said and the joke was how am I supposed to get my car Car in the attic attic." that's a fucking great joke that's a great joke and I was thinking how good that was the other day. No, so I would well, absolutely nice. consider Well, that's why I've been doing it for about fucking 12 years. <laughs> <laughs> that is – like that one is a survivor. Like <laughs> I only have about like <laughs> – I only have about five minutes of stuff that, like, you know, from the proper old days. Like, when I'm touring here, I'm doing an hour. I would say that, like, maybe five, ten minutes because I could could be doing anything, like, because they've never seen any of my yeah. stuff. And I'm very, I'm very happy to say that, like, you know, five – about five minutes, maybe ten minutes if I have to pad out like maybe like a 70-minute set comes from what I would consider my old stuff, my pre-Willosophy. Like anything that's on my Willosophy DVD, there's only probably about five minutes of like. But it's weird how it's not big routines that used to kill. It literally is just like a joke like that or a joke like that because, for example, what I've realized and it's part of what I'm addressing in this year's show is in Australia, I don't really have to have a start for the show. Yeah. What I normally do is walk out and I kind of like have a quick chat to the audience and then I just like get into it and they're with me. Mm. But like when I'm out on the road and I'm introducing myself to an audience, it's often good to have like joke jokes. Like, you know, as in like what I mean by that is like I will start my, you know, uh, touring show with jokes, but I don't have to introduce them to me and say, hi, I'm Will. I'm from Australia. I'm like this sort of guy. I don't eat meat. I blah, blah, blah. Because some of that's already on the table. Sure. You know, you can just launch into it. Yeah. You know, whereas it's like with this, you've got to kind of like, you know, buy them dinner first and like, yeah. you know, maybe go on a couple of dates yeah. and, you know, explain that you're a nice sort of guy before they let you stick it in. Yeah. So, right? Stick it in. I don't, <laughs> I think you just undid the idea that you're a nice guy. You know, you've got to explain that you're a nice guy before you stick it in. All right. No, well, before they want you to stick it in is Thank what you. you want. Thank you. From the audience. Exactly. You want the audience to be to like, invite you in. Yeah. 
to say this is time for penetration. Yeah, whereas in Australia, like over the last few years, like when you get there, it's more like you're in a marriage. They're like, look, you've already fucking... Doors yeah. are always open. Yeah, come on, we're yeah. into it. We're, this is a 24-hour We've both agreed. You yeah. don't have to, you know, a tap on the shoulder and a back rub, that'll do. <laughs> you don't need to take me out to a dinner. A poke in the middle of the back <laughs> is fine. I get what's happening here. <laughs> it's your birthday. We all know what the rules are. It's all right, fine. Go all on. right, here we go. Happy that, birthday. All right, gently. Yeah, anyway. one stroke for every year. I know the deal. <laughs> Wow. Is that a oh, – oh, that no, one? No, but that, that, is, that could be one. That's tragic, isn't it? Yeah. If that's real. That, wouldn't that be good though? Because you'd need that too because the older you get, the yeah, longer, longer it's going to take. Yeah. So. 86, <laughs> 87. And then if you blow, you get a wish. Oh, and now I'm thinking about an 87-year-old – Ejaculating. Ah, well, then the purpose of this podcast is perfect. <laughs> we've, yeah, we've normally takes us a while to get there, but we've, we've got landed in pretty right early. In the middle. Great. I like it. Um, uh, so, what got us onto that? Oh, uh, body image. Oh. <laughs> so, I was looking at my yellow teeth in the mirror, mm. and this is a bit of a daggy confession, but I'm going to say it anyway. And I started to get paranoid about how yellow my teeth were. And then I called myself on it. I'm like, that is bullshit. You are not indulging in this kind of behaviour. You are not thinking about that. And so I started saying affirmations and saying things that I like about myself in the mirror. Oh, really? Yeah. Like what, what sort of thing? Oh, can you, is it too personal to share what one of those affirmations might be? This is a safe space, by the way. A safe space full this of strangers very, no, that can leave space. comments. Everybody, you know what? I've talked about some pretty like, you know, private things, mm-hmm. like things that, you know, to be honest, if a newspaper wanted to write about and like make a big deal about, would you know, get me in at least you know a week of having to apologise to my parents about the podcast yeah, if, sure. if, at the very least. And this audience who listens to this have always been very trusting, and, That's and true. they've they've been here, you know, whatever we've said. So I appreciate that. Uh, are you willing to share? You don't have to. I yeah, that felt almost like I bullied you into that. Yeah. So I pulled back <laughs> on the This is a, a safe bit. space right yeah. in the corner. Right. <laughs> um, no, I just said – I felt a little Woody Allen for a second. <laughs> it's fine. I am small right. too. I look younger. Um, I oh, – what were we talking about apologising to a newspaper? Um, so I said things like you are worthwhile uh-huh. and you are you are, are you, oh, no, that's fine. That's good. Say, that, gives, I, that gives me an idea. I, would, you I don't said have things to... like you, I am worthwhile and I am more than my looks and that I am funnier than yeah. I am beautiful and that that I'm more. it's more important. I actually have this thing and, I again, I don't know what I've said on here before. I always wear high heels on stage uh-huh. um, because some audiences, uh, especially women, can be intimidated if a woman comes out on stage and is sort of pretty or dresses up uh-huh. so i know some friends dress down because it sort of puts yep. them on the same level and um i never wanted my outfit to be more important than or better than my jokes uh-huh. so i thought if i always wear high heels then i just have to make my jokes good and i have to be funny yeah i have to earn I, my jokes have to be more distracting than high heels i would like to think that the funnier get the higher heels should be i've got some pretty high heels i mean i'd like to like but uh, you know <laughs> i mean by the time you're 60 stilts. on stilts that's yep. what i want to say is just come out on a pair of stilts i'm a special act is what you're saying <laughs> When all the jokes have run dry. Hey, guys, I've got some juggling balls and some stilts. No, I was in more like a, you know, reverse Pinocchio that you had to be so <laughs> funny that you could justify shoes that big. That's right. Maybe and then when you died, people would be like, they are big shoes to fill. That's what they would say. Finish the podcast here. Big shoes to fill, the Felicity Ward story. That is. Who do you want to play you? Uh, like Chappelle style? Because, um, uh, you know, the big shows in Australia at the moment, the Chappelle Corby story. And, and uh, Chappelle Corby, for our American listeners, the only Chappelle in the world to have more weed on them at one time. Than Dave Chappelle. Uh, that's a joke. Obviously. That's a joke, joke. Is that in the show? No, but I like that joke. Write it that's down. I've had a few this. Maybe I do tell You're jokes. On, you do tell jokes. Um, and then uh, In Excess, uh, the first band I ever saw live, In Excess. I loved In Excess. Awesome. And uh, they've done the NXS story in Australia as well. So they've been casting famous people. So when we make big shoes to fill, the Felicity Ward story, who plays you at various stages of your life? All right. As I, I want to know as like a, as a young person, whatever yeah. that is, uh, below twenty, who okay. plays your twenties to forties, and who plays you as like uh, the you know when you come out for your yeah sixtieth you know show, who who are you played by them? Probably Kitty Flanagan as an older person. Oh, good, I like it. Just because we've been mistaken a few times, and she's an excellent stand-up comedian. Uh, she'd be excellent. She could carry off the comedy. I, I, if you got an if actor, nothing else. Yeah, she could carry off the comedy. She could do the step. You know when you see. 
um, you know when you see movies and they're like playing a stand-up comic uh-huh. or they're playing a musician and you see them and when they're on stage you're like, you don't do that. Right. You don't know what you're doing. Um, when people are – this is one of my big hates actually. When someone is singing, in inverted commas, on a TV show or a movie – and you can tell that they're not singing because they move the microphone away from their mouth, but the uh, volume of the song doesn't, doesn't adjust. change. It shits me no end. And mm. the other thing that shits me is when uh, people in different countries are speaking with an they're speaking English with an accent, like Schindler's List. They speak English with a German accent oh the whole God. time. Oh, sorry. And then at some for a second, I thought you were about to be really racist. But <laughs> you it's know kind what of I don't like about yeah. Germany? People in different countries they speak English weird. <laughs> Speak English or diet. No. Right. No, I understand. So they're meant to be a German, but they're just like a, they're spent speaking English in a German accent. Which is okay, except also in Schindler's List. Then there's parts where people speak German to each other. I'm like, guys, right. you have to pick a side. You can, Oh, this is, sounds really racist now. What? Are, <laughs> which language are you going to speak? Right. No, no, no. I understand what you mean. Yeah, you know but what I mean. But isn't that going to make those ha- films just hard? People just wouldn't go and see those films. You would see Schindler's List if it was all English with German accents, but there was all. Oh, so film. you actually have the problem that they do actually speak German. Yeah, at all. why? Why right. dip into it? Because basically, what you're saying to the audience is, we understand that you know you can't speak German, but you've got like the Babelfish translator in your ear, yeah. and now we can all understand these people. But why would they, in the middle of that, then speak in exactly? It doesn't make any sense. That it's doesn't inconsistent. make any sense. It kills me. I don't even know who we started talking about. Oh, that's right, Kitty Flanagan. Right, so Kitty Flanagan plays you as an older, as who... an older performer. That's a great casting, by the way. I'm, I'm very happy with that. Thanks. So you've nailed that straight away. Awesome. Young... Who plays you as kind of like uh, young and sort of like, you know, starting out? Because these are the bits of your career we have to show, I suppose, is the, the person we want to show you as a kid because we're going to do some flashback family stuff, obviously. That's, yeah. Yeah, going to be good for yeah. it. Then, So that's got to be a separate actor. Then you need someone who's just going to play you, A, starting out, but they're going to be versatile enough to be, still be playing you at maybe sort of late 40 you know mm-hmm. when it all takes off I, that's i don't know anyone that's i don't really know any actors australian actors that i mean i think that's your opportunity to cast someone that you think like you know i'm and i mean this in the nicest possible way can you know you want someone who's going to play down to play you you know what i mean that's right. there someone who's going to chappelle it up okay you don't want somebody who's like you know look looks like chappelle this is your opportunity to like you know, vanity cast yourself, essentially. Okay. Like who, you know, who do you want to play you? Blanchett could play you. I mean, that's, you know But could she play young me though? No. I don't think she could pull off like 20-year-old That's what I mean. I don't know any, any I can't think of any 20-year-old. Well, who's the the 25-year-old Kate Blanchett? Is it like... uh, I'd be like, you know who it'd be, even though she's American? Like Emma Stone or something like that. Right. Emma Stone? See, there you go. See, now you're starting to think about it. Emma Stone. Emma Stone. Totally. Well, that's, yeah. But she has to get an Australian accent. Emma, St- Emma Stone could do it in a minute. And then yeah, if, and Kitty, if Kitty was unavailable, then right. Kate Winslet and my lady is. She's she's at the top of my list. Well, see, now, see, now, you, now, I'm now, not now we might actually well, get some fucking financing for this. I mean, no, <laughs> now we've got a no disrespect to Kitty Flanagan, who I love and admire, but I, I could just... not write a check against her name. <laughs> I was just trying to think of, like, uh, of people that looked like me that were Australian that could be funny. Right, and I know that Kitty Flanagan. But you don't. You just get someone who can play Australian, who can bang on an Australian Australian's accent. It's hard though. It's a nah, hard accent. People nail it all the time. Kate Winslet. Didn't you see Pacific Rim? Uh, yes. Yeah, yes, they, they fucking did. nailed the ass out of those Australian Ooh, accents. Did they? They were so good at it that I was like, I don't even speak Australian like that. That's how <laughs> good. That's how good they <laughs> that are. That doesn't sound anything like me. I must oh be God. doing it wrong. Like, they must be great actors yeah, who really great. know how to speak Australian because yeah. they don't sound like me or any of my friends. That's authentic. No wonder Australian. we're not in movies. Exactly. Now yeah. we know. Uh, what about you? I thought the guy in the Outback Steakhouse um, ad didn't sound Australian and then I have learnt recently that it is an Australian. I get that sometimes when you hear an accent but it's just – Because like- I think he's doing an American version of Australian. It's a guy called Ant Simpson who was like a, a radio guy um, and nice guy. Right. And, uh, and uh, yeah, and now that I know that it's him, I can actually hear him in it but I still think he's bunging on what Americans – Yeah, what is Americans like think. That? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Uh, I used to do that all the time where I'd hear an Australian on an American show. I'm like, way to bung on an accent. And then they would, were just all Australian. Right. I think it's just the contrast of our accent versus American Yeah. Accent. I, look, I, and I think that is absolutely true. Mm. Like out of context, it can it's be. It's grating. Oh, my God. It can cut through. 
I think I've told this story on the podcast before, but if I have, it was a long time ago. I was in Las Vegas and we were at like one of the, you know, we're walking through all the like the most opulent casinos. You know, I'm not a gambler. So it was literally like we're, I, we're walking through and just like being spectators, like yeah. looking at the largest, like having some drinks, but just yeah. like having a good time. And we're in this place and it's the one that's kind of, it might be the Bellagio or something, but it's like, it's all the kind of like, you know, women with big gold jewelry and actually rich older people in this like really opulent place being yeah. opulent with each Where other, they right? Yeah. And we've come up one set of escalators and this woman on the other side has just uh, come up the other and she's wearing a, like a big fucking Akubra Australian hat Yikes. and she just yells across the room and it just cuts through a busy casino. Yeah. Hey, will you cunt? <laughs> I don't know her. Wow. I don't know her. Just another Australian. Yeah. And being nice. Like wasn't. Yeah. Friendly. friendly. It's a friendly word for us. You've never, like, it was like an old school Western where people, like, stopped oh and God. the piano stopped and everybody oh stared. It was Because cunt is such a bad word over here. I mean, to yell out across. In a public. Yeah. Even at a, at a, I don't know if I had the nuts to say it in a comedy club. Well, I don't like to say it really. I'm not, like, a big user of it even though I... I'm aware of how often I make this speech now, so I must say it <laughs> enough that I have to say this. But I, I, I don't consider myself a person who uses it. Right. Um, and I certainly try to not to use it in a context where it's not 100% appropriate to the thing that I'm saying. Like in telling that story, I just had to say Absolutely. it. But I think, well, that's like, you know, that's – but I – I am very – in the old days, I think I used to use it quite liberally because mm-hmm. it was fun. Yeah, comedians, particularly, we would talk to each other. Like, you know, we say the most horrible things to each other. Horrific. And sometimes you forget, I think, when you're just hanging out with comedians that not everybody talks like we do. Yes. And then, like, I moved to Sydney and I got friends who weren't comedians and you're like, oh, right, yeah, that's oh, right. we don't use yeah, that we all the time. Yeah, we should be saying these I have, things. I have one joke <laughs> where it is the punchline word and uh, – it's it's it it is shocking, but it's it's I say it that my nan says it. Yeah. Um, and that's I think one of the only times, I think that's the only time that I use it as in I've written it into a joke. Occasionally, if someone is having a go at me in an audience, then like I'll use it in a counter hit. Right. Or something. No, I get it. But I like I mean that's what it's like for me. It's there in my. It's like yeah. it's there in my bag. Yeah. And I. And I'll fucking use it if I need to use it. Yeah. Like if there is some situation where I need to use it, I'll fucking bring it out and yeah. I will unapologetically use it. It's but I'm the, not just going to fucking bring it out willy-nilly. It's in the constitution, the right to bear cunt. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's a Brazilian joke. Yeah. An early Brazilian joke. Uh, that's in the Brazilian constitution. The Brazilian constitution. Yeah, we'll workshop this. Yeah. I'll, I'll edit out that bit in the middle where we worked out okay. the joke and then we'll just put those two bits together. It'll mm-hmm. be the greatest podcast of all time. Uh, so you're over here. What are you doing over here in Los Angeles? I'm doing pilot season again, which is the six weeks, eight weeks of auditions for new TV shows that uh-huh. are being made. Um, and doing. And have you have you been out for stuff? As not they yet. Say? No, not yet. Has it started yet? It has started. Okay. Uh, but I only got here yet, yeah, not many days ago. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Look, I don't know how this year is going to go, but. I've only got two years on my visa altogether. So you got to have a crack. So I thought, may as well use it. So the worst case scenario is I'm going to spend the next six weeks finishing my show um, for Australia and hanging out with friends and doing gigs and eating and sleeping and doing stuff I like. Yeah. So that's worst case scenario. No, it's a good opportunity even to be away and write because I think yeah. being away from your home when you write – there's something good about that. You can dedicate a lot more time to it, like yes. putting together your show. And I'm always a bit like that. In fact, I've been really busy the last few weeks and I kind of on purpose cleaned out my schedule a bit over the next two weeks, even though I've been offered some gigs, I've turned them down because A, I'm about to start a really big tour or a gig every night, mm. but B, I need to actually, you know, pull my shit together and I need to spend some time like working on my show and like having that, you know, bit of, and, and you can when you're by yourself, and, right? Yeah, totally. You, you, you can when you're away. So I think it's like, I think even if I wasn't um, uh, over here now, what I would do like is take some time. Like if yeah. I was at home those last few weeks, I would actually go away somewhere and yeah. and finish off the show and kind of get ready for it because – I think you do have to get ready and you have to kind of make sure from my point of view, like with my, you know, with my bad hips and stuff like that, as silly as it sounds, 
I have to make sure that I'm not overweight when I start the tour because I know during the tour I'll put on weight. See, I'm the opposite. I've got to put on weight before festivals because I just lose it. I've, yeah. I've been over here a week and I reckon I've lost a kilo maybe. You're the only person who's ever come to America and lost weight. I know. I don't know. It's the same with Edinburgh. They'll revoke your visa. I know. They're going to deport me. I'm getting thinner. Yeah, it's uh, – I, I just when festivals start, I don't eat regu- – I need to eat a lot uh-huh. and regularly because I have a really fast metabolism. And um, and with when my anxiety is playing up, I lose weight again. So I have to really – have you seen Buffalo Soldiers, that movie Buffalo Soldiers? No. There's a movie called Buffalo Soldiers, which was in made in the early 90s, which I think Joaquin Phoenix is in, maybe. Right. And basically they're um, – they are, I think, in the Gulf War and they're – Oh, maybe that's the wrong war. Anyway, they're soldiers. they got nothing to do, so they start cooking heroin. Okay. And when they're making it, I don't think they have masks, so the only way that they can stop themselves from um, being affected by the fumes is if they, if they keep eating. So right. sometimes that's how I view my festivals, where I'm like, I've got to keep eating, otherwise I won't be able to get through it, uh-huh. and I'll turn into a junk addict. Well, I am um – that's interesting because uh, I'm the opposite to that. I'm definitely like when I'm stressed, when I'm writing, whatever, I snack, I eat, I like don't do as much exercise, I put yeah. on weight and like when I'm gigging, I drink a lot and whatever. Yeah, and, like, so I don't I, drink a lot and of that course. has a oh, big yeah. difference. You've got to get back on the booze. <laughs> I don't drink a lot. I don't drink at all. <laughs> I don't drink at all is what I meant. <laughs> I was like, how, how do you go around alcohol while we're talking about that? Because I was thinking about that just from a practical point of view today. Yeah. Because I was like, you're coming over to my apartment and you're going to stay here when I'm back touring for a while while you're here mm-hmm. and I was like you know what I have like a lot of in my apartment booze. it's just booze just heaps of like booze. heaps of booze it's fine because I well is it fine yeah because I can drink it all before you <laughs> like I I was literally in my head going you know what I can just not refill like the beer in the fridge yeah. when I'm done with the beer in the fridge if it's spirits in the cupboard that's absolutely fine when there's heaps of beer in the fridge I sort of I'm, I might put a tea towel over it right because I don't, I don't love to look at yeah, it. Yeah, no. Well, I'll just drink it all. You treat yourself, babes. Well, well that'll be about usual. That's don't get me wrong. <laughs> this is, yeah. This is about. I'm doing this for Felicity. Yeah. I'm doing this for Felicity. <laughs> I gotta get in a cab for the plane. I <laughs> just a seven alarm, seven more beers, and then she can stay here. Um, yeah, that kind of alcohol is. Yeah. I, I don't. I was just staying at Hilsey's place. I was house sitting for him in um london and there was uh-huh. one beer in the fridge and for the first there was some like spirits in the cupboard but for the first couple of days there was the beer i was like oh that's a beer yeah oh, that's a beer and i haven't drunk for seven years yeah but uh and after a while i just forgot it was there but uh being around alcohol is fine the good thing is when the drunk stories happen the second time I go home. Right. So when I first hear the story, I'm like, great story. When the second story happens, I'm like, it's time to get in a cab. Right. Mm-hmm. And then people are like, why, why Felicity used to be fun? Yeah. No, the worst <laughs> is, the worst people go, they'll be halfway through a horrific story about yep. someone else and they go, oh, you're not a drinky, are you? I'm like, nothing. They're like, you're going to remember everything. I'm like, yes, I am. <laughs> I am stone cold sober. <laughs> Yeah, that is – I mean, it's good to be that in a lot of ways, I imagine. Yeah, it's I great. find um, – uh, I do find it, like, a bit fascinating. Like, mm. I, I'm amazed at how fascinating I find it because I've never been a person who identified myself with alcohol. But I realise as I get older that I'm someone who probably, by other people's standards, drinks a lot. Mm. And um, I don't consider myself to be a person who drinks a lot. Yes. And then when you say things like that out loud, you wonder if that's an issue. Yes. I don't feel like my drinking is an issue, by the way. I actually think I have a you know, quite healthy most of the time relationship with alcohol. I'm not a – I rarely drink to, you know, the, to pass out or drink until I can't remember. I don't find most of the time that, like, you know – Mm. I, I'm too bad when I'm drunk. Like I have moments. The question It's normally when I combine alcohol with other things where like I could get a little pressure. Yeah. But alcohol by itself, I normally get to a point where I'm like, I'm sleepy. Yeah. I don't want to feel shit tomorrow. Yeah. I like feeling okay now, but yeah. any more will make me feel shit tomorrow. I think the good question to ask yourself, and you don't have to answer this on the on the machine, uh, is uh, the, the question that was, is this costing you more than money? That was a good question about alcohol. Oh, yeah. I think that's pretty good. And yeah. I think that's probably why I feel like I have a reasonably healthy attitude towards alcohol. And mm. even to smoking pot and stuff like that is that I feel like my life's 
going well. Yeah, like great. I feel like it's going well. I feel like I fulfill my commitments. I feel like the roles that those things play in my life at the moment yeah. are complementary to like you know sure. the way particularly. I had a few. I had like a week where I didn't have any over here and. I was amazed at how much pain I am physically in with my hip yeah, when right. I'm not. Because funny, funnily enough, when you're using it, you don't think it's making that much difference. Yes. It's only when you don't use it where you're like, oh, fuck, this really does make a big difference to me. Sure. And, you know, the alcohol is like for me is pretty social. So I feel like, you know, it for what I'm wanting to do is like be around people and hang out and watch other gigs and whatever – for me to be there and to enjoy that, like I like to have a drink and that makes it social for me. But you always wonder, particularly if you have a lot of those nights in a row, well, where I- you get to that point where you're like, I, I, you know what, this is the same as it was last night and it was cool last night, but is it cool if it's like 60 nights in a row or yeah. whatever? And you're the only person that can make that decision for you. Yeah. Right. I wasn't really asking for advice. That no, was no. more my <laughs> – that was just more my like I – that and was more for the people that are listening. Right, but I also – but no, just that it's interesting to me that of late I've thought about that more. Yes. That's what's interesting to me. I and th- I think it's because I have a lot of friends who are sober and I think it's because I have a lot of friends who started doing like, you know, uh, Febfast or um, Oxober and, yeah. or, you know, Dry July and every time like they – do one of those things, all I can think is, the fuck are you thinking? Yeah. Why would you, but you not drink what? alcohol for a month like I, a fucking idiot? <laughs> I, I love those people the most because it's the same every time, right? You watch the Facebook status mm-hmm. and they're like, day three, ready to fucking kill someone. <laughs> then it's day seven, I don't know how much longer I can do this. Then they're like, day ten. My nieces came over today. We had such a beautiful day. Day 17. I'm starting to really enjoy this. I yeah. feel healthier. I uh-huh. feel better. It's doing it for a charity. Day 25. I don't know if I should go back on the drink because my life has improved a lot in three and a half weeks. Day 29. Tomorrow's the big day. Don't think I'll celebrate. Day one back. Got shit faced. Glad to be back, fuckers. It's the same every single time. And it's great when they're doing it for a charity because right. the charity are getting the money. But it's like, please go back and look at your status right. updates. You are the definition of insanity, doing yeah. the same thing over and over again yeah. and expecting a different result. Yeah, totally. It's just. It's interesting. Because my, my thing was when I decided to stop drinking or when I knew that I needed to stop drinking, I thought realistically, could I have two drinks for the rest of my life? And the answer is no. Yeah. And, I, and then I thought, well, if I can't do that, then I'm out. Right. No, and I totally get that. Yeah. And, I, and well, I, funnily enough, what, what I do is I understand that intellectually and I don't get that, if that makes sense. I don't in any way want to <laughs> – I understand that that is a thing that a large percentage of people and people who have been very, very close to me have about them. That they just have a couple of drinks. No, as in like that they have a part of them that realises one day, I can never do this again. That's the yeah. only way that we can deal with this, yeah. right? Because nothing has ever, in my opinion, felt like it has that power over me. Yeah. Like I said, like, you know, the other week, like, you know, I went a week without smoking weed, my hip hurt. So I suppose like, like if I was justifying something in my mind, like maybe that's a psychosomatic thing of going, you know, it's but. Like, it wasn't an issue to me. I slept fine. Yep. I was in good spirits. Yep. It doesn't worry me. Yep. Like, and it's the same with drinking. Like, I, to, I can drink for like six months every day and then like just go, if I needed to do a month off, I could have a month off. Yep. It doesn't really make sense to me to have a month off. Sure. But, <laughs> but again. <laughs> you said that if, twice now. Right. So <laughs> but if you wanted to examine that, see, that's, that, this is the area I've been thinking about yep. more of late, which is trying to not only – examine yourself from the inside of your head but try to examine yourself from the and i'm not even from other people's perspectives although i guess that's part of it but from what you would think of you looking at you from the outside can you make rational decisions about yourself in the same way as you would happily make them about other people yes so um we're also in an industry and i know that a lot of industries are like this but it's very easy to acclimatize to 
abusive drinking in our industry. Oh, very easy. Very easy. And there's so many people doing it's free it. Free drinks you, everywhere you go. Yeah. You like a couple of beers here, a couple of beers there. Great. I'm glad that I wasn't a stand up when I was drinking. So I didn't start stand up till I was like 18 months sober. And uh, you're getting a beer? <laughs> Are you really? Oh, this is the best. Everyone, Will has gone to, he's gone to the fridge to get a beer. It's made him thirsty. I actually, well, I was thirsty anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, we, the, everyone drinks so much, especially during festivals, where you go, this is the thing, you go, but it's just during festivals. And then you realise that you spend six months of a year in festivals. And so you drink like that six months of the year. And I reckon... That is exactly what I've realised. Yeah. And so that's the, the, the interesting thing for me. is And, like, because I like to have a drink when I do the podcast. I like to have a drink when I go to work. Yeah. Like, I'm going to have a drink right now. Yeah. I, only because I thought it was hilarious. It's and this pretty great. Have one, but, um, and I was thirsty. But, I, but you can then just, like, go, oh, it's part of my life every day. Like, you know, and there's just a... And not only is it part of my life, I don't think of doing it without you know, including it as part. Like I don't think of going and do a gig yeah, without say, having a couple of drinks. Would you, is, Does it make you feel uncomfortable, the idea? Do you think it will compromise you on stage if you don't have a couple of drinks? Not really. But it, but at the same time, I I don't have any like weird superstition about it. Like, oh, I couldn't do the gig if I yeah. hadn't had the drinks. However, do I think that I perform better if I've had a couple of drinks? Yes. So there's only a fine line between those two thoughts. Would it be? You know, it's a perspective thing where I go, like, you know, there's a fine line between saying, I, I can't do this gig, you know, because I haven't had my drinks, between me saying, I will do this gig better if I've had a couple of drinks. Like, yeah. that's only a fine line. It's, it's maybe only perspective. Yeah. So as an exercise, because you went a week without um, smoking pot for your hips or weed. Sorry, I make it sound like you're just doing bongs. You might be. It's fine. It's, it's medicinal. I'm allowed to talk about it. I can't talk about doing it in Australia. But you are. But in I can talk the about it. I have. A, I have a card. I'm, it's all legitimate. You are card. I'm down. literally just talking about medicine. By the way, medicine that is now legal, uh, not as medicine as recreational in two states in America. Mm. So, like, I don't feel like talking about pot on this. Yeah, cool. You know, is anything that I – so I'm happy to talk no about worries. it openly. So you, because you went a week without that, would it be worth the experiment of seeing if you could do a week without drinking? Well, you know, this it was – yeah, I mean, it would be fine for me to do that. But I ha- like, but I'm literally not doing it. So this is the point that I'm saying. It's yeah. like – because I'm like, well, I guess, you know what, maybe next week. I don't have any gigs next week. I could, and it probably wouldn't be the worst idea in the world, like in the week leading into going back into like seriously fucking yeah. heavy drinking. Adelaide is so well. <laughs> like, yeah, I go to Adelaide first, which is probably the most heavy drinking of all yeah. the festivals. The exorcism, they call it. No. Yeah, it's well. I mean, my aim for the festival is to leave the Rhino Room on the same day as I went into it, at yeah. least once in the festival. Sure, good for you. I don't even do that, and I don't drink or take drugs. Well, uh, yeah, I mean it's hard. It's hard, like because you get in there before midnight, and it's hard like, to leave. Hey. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Have a cola, have right. a bit of a dance, it's four o'clock. I mean, it's Adelaide. It's not that far to get back to where you're anyway. staying. It's it's fine. It's fine. But, you know, but you might be right. And it might be something that would be, you know, good for me even just because it's my last week of, you know, of writing and all those sort of things. Because yeah. if I have a beer at night or if I have a couple of beers at night, I'm less likely to then come back home and, you know, sit in front of the computer and do some more work. So yeah. it might even be advantageous from that point of view it is very interesting to see the clarity of mind you have when you don't have alcohol and that's not um people that drink like full-on drinking i mean because i even notice it and it's probably because i don't do anything but um i'm pretty teetotal with most things when i was smoking i stopped smoking maybe last november when i smoked i still i felt tired than i did when Uh i didn't smoke so i would wake up and it felt like I'd had a beer or two the night before. When I hadn't, I'd just been smoking. And so when I didn't drink or when I stopped drinking for a time, I'd go, oh, God, this is amazing, you know. It's just I didn't know the difference because I didn't know because I didn't know what it was like to right. do it without. I know. I, I, sometimes I think, you know, and again, this is a more, an interesting area to explore. Sometimes I'm like, oh, I don't really want to. Like have to deal with, like see the world, you know, that sharply all the fucking time. You have yeah, to say, I, it's I have, I have to say, sometimes. right? Sometimes you're like, like, because I'm a person who I think I'm at my worst when I let a situation get to me. Mm. And what I'm about to say sums up so much about me because I'm going to say one thing, but 
the fact that it's about the 15th time I've mentioned it on the podcast will kind of co- contradict the point I'm trying to make. Sure. But I think this is probably the most honest representation of what it is. One of the things that I have a great deal of trouble with or used to have a great deal of trouble with that got in my way was I could not let a bad job go. Like as in like, you know, if okay. I'd done a bad job at something, it would stay with me. Yeah. Like in a way that then it's corrosive. Stopped. It was corrosive. It wasn't good for me. And it's very much the same with like the way that I put my shows together now is that coming up to – like I'm two weeks out now from really having to pull a show together. And in the old days, that's when I would just go mental. Like I would be mad at everyone. It would be everybody's fault that it wasn't ready. I'd be stressed about everything. I'd be cancelling things. I'd be like, you know, whatever. Like, And what I realised was a few years ago, about four or five years ago, was that that process – was not making me a better comedian. Correct. There was something that I needed about a deadline that was good. That's why you have the deadline. But in those last few weeks, the panic I went through was not making me, was not letting me make the decisions that took me to where I needed to go with the show. So I had to realize that even though I feel that inside, like I feel the pressure mount and I feel the nerves mount, that I had to work out a way to channel that into a positive way to deal with that and recognise that and some of it's planning it better and some of it's like, you know, knowing you're going to be in that situation and some of it's just resigning your fact to yourself to the fact that sometimes you're going to have a bad gig or sometimes you're going to be stressed about something or sometimes things aren't going to be perfect at the start. But I've done it, you know, comedy, you've done comedy enough now, Will, to realise that, you know what, even if on first night, you know, last year's show was my best received show I've ever done. On first night in Adelaide, it wasn't. Mm. It was not. Mm. In fact, I said to them on the first night, I'm going to give you 60 minutes of quality material no matter how long it takes. And it took 82 minutes. Like, it wasn't there. Yeah. It got there because I, like, you know, if it does, it, I'll work on it and I'll make sure it gets there. You've got to reassure yourself of that. I've found that um, without, like, you know, any sort of like alcohol drug in my life, I found it very helpful for those. Not to like drink away a bad memory. I wasn't a person who's like, you know, I'm going to sit in the corner and, you know, get blind drunk because my gig didn't go well. But just more a kind of thing of going, relax your body, yeah, let yourself out of this moment and move on. But ironically enough, it still, it only dampens that rather than gets rid of it completely. So there must be another way that you can learn. Yes. Maybe even having used this as a transition from, you know, like at the start sometimes you can go, I need the medicine straight away because learning how to breathe won't fucking get me from where I am right now. Yes. But now that I understand what being here is, maybe I can get here in a way that doesn't involve that, you know, like now that I – remember what you're meant to feel like. Yeah. Well, you also said the last time we spoke, you also said that you've been doing stand-up long enough that you don't ever doubt that you're a comedian and you don't ever doubt that – like you you might think that you, you've had a bad gig or whatever or you right. might have had a bad gig, but you don't ever think I'm not supposed to be here. Right. So, and, that, and that's the interesting thing and that even this – and people have heard me mention this already before, but I, I did Doug Loves Movies, which is a great podcast, and – um it's a live thing at UCB and I love the podcast and I'm a real fan of it and I, I felt like I was a real honour to get invited. I felt I was really I was really chuffed. I really was. I was excited. Like yeah. genuinely excited. Yeah. And uh I was on a show and I think I didn't I think I did a good job for the show, but I didn't really showcase myself in any way and I kinda had to reconcile that idea of going, Well, you know, you played your part and you didn't try to like it was a everyone else was doing really well. Yeah. And if you tried to insert yourself it could have, like, it, it could have been, you could have come off as a dick. Yeah. And you could have been clumsy and you could have got in the way of other people's things. So you subjugated your ego and you did the right thing. Yeah. But I also had to deal with the fact that no matter how much I can rationalize that and, like, get in my own head and go, no, I get that. And you know what? Maybe you won't get booked again. Or maybe you'll just have to find another route back to the podcast. Or yeah. maybe that podcast is not for you. You've got, you've been on a bunch of other things and they've all gone really well. Like maybe this just isn't for you. Other things will come along, you know. Maybe you can just be a fan of it and yeah. not be the person on it. But despite that, I went to bed that night and uh, th- and this was in my week where I didn't have any weed. So yeah. this is in my non-weed week. Yeah. And I had four dreams that night that all re- ended in me being a failure at whatever I was yeah. like doing. That Because it, it's like this. But aren't, isn't what you're describing that you're trying to avoid feeling anything? Because there's... There's consequences. There's always consequences. Like even yeah, even me. But here's what I would say: is I don't feel like it's that. 
And that's the interesting thing for me. Like, I feel like it is that in a very specific way, like in a way that enables me to like just deal with that one thing, but I don't drink to deal with any other emotional situation or I don't like, you know, take drugs to deal with any, it literally is just like a relax after a gig and kind of deal with that sort of emotion. Yeah. But what I'm saying is like you did this Doug Loves movies gig and you thought that you weren't as great as Mm -hmm. you would like to have been. And then that played out in your subconscious when you went to sleep. That sounds like absolutely normal behavior, especially in the situation that we are, where we put ourselves so vividly in, in front of other people to fail or succeed. Yeah. I don't, but I don't, I don't know if what I'm, I guess I'm trying to say is that I used to do that a lot and I don't feel like it was a positive thing for me. I felt like it was like a thing that was negatively affecting me as a person. So I I have that, absolutely. I mean, I still remember the podcast we did with Mark Maron and it was you, me, Arj, Steve Hughes and Mark. And so it was me and four pretty big personalities and incredibly successful and, you know, well-known comedians. And I think I listened to that podcast back and I was like, I hate my voice, I'm not funny, I'm interrupting and I also, I don't know if you're the same as this, I always want to be the best at my job. I want to oh, no, be no. the absolute. This is, this but you should want to be. Yeah, like absolutely. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think no. everyone should want to be the best at their job. Mm. Um, I don't. The only difference is when you want it at the expense of someone else. Like you know, I, I always have that thing of like you know, and again, this is a thing that comes up a lot. But you know, the idea of communism where everyone's a millionaire, mm. right? I want everyone to do great. I want the show to be the best show collaboratively that anyone has ever been part of. Mm -hmm. And I also want everyone to walk away and think I was the best in the best show they ever saw. Sure. I understand that most of the time that's not true, but sometimes it is. Yeah. And that's what I want and that's what I aspire to and that's why I try to get better and that's why I think about it is, of course you should do that. But on this night, I also – and, you know, in some ways I was kind of proud of it as well, which was – I knew what the right thing to do for the show was. Mm, you were on service. But that fucking feels sucky. Like I wish – no, here's what I think it is. All right. I wish I was more – I wish that I – I'm like the fucking husband who does the washing up once and never fucking lets his wife forget about the time he did the washing up. Right. I th- honestly believe that I did do the right thing on the night. Yeah. I wish I was a big enough person. No. I wish I was a big enough person to not have had to talk about this. I wish I was a big sure. enough person to just go, no, I'm confident that I did the right thing and anyone else be damned. But instead, I've brought this fucking conversation up like five times on the podcast because it's like I want people to know that I know I wasn't good yeah, too. Yeah. I don't want you to listen to but that. But don't you think, that, think there's, that there's something admirable in you being flawed as someone who is very, and I'm pissing in your pocket here, but you are incredibly good at what you do you are very very successful in many many countries i think if anything and i'm sure there's a lot of comics that listen to this they will be relieved i think that comics other comics are relieved when they hear other comics say i failed i wasn't as good i don't mean that they're excited but i think that we are generally 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 so hard on ourselves that when we don't fail we think that other people or when we fail that other people are happy that we failed which Brings us back to the very point we were making in the first yes. place, which is this idea that we all suffer from. Yes. Of that we're judging people by – and part of it is that we – I guess we haven't allowed a safe space for people to reveal their flaws. Hmm. What happens normally is if people reveal their flaws, they're mocked or judged or, you know, blah, blah. If someone has an – like a – puts on a – like I love Channing Tatum of all people recently was on Ellen and he was talking about the fact that like, you know – He's just had a baby and he's like, you know, him and his wife are just having a good time at home and he's like, he's put on a bunch of weight because he just like, he's like, why would I want to go to the gym when I can hang out with like my newborn baby and Mm. like be alive? And you're like, oh yeah, people don't, instead what we normally see is like him down the beach with the baby and some fucking magazine going, you know, calling him, you know, yeah, Yeah. right? Chunky Tatum or whatever. And it's like, yeah, it's like. Mashed potatum. Thank you. Oh, all right. I always love when the name of the episode, <laughs> Mash 
Potatum. Oh my God. I love when it's right near the end. And it was going to be hard to get past Dick Dynasty and Big Shoes to feel for mine, but uh, Mashed Mashed Potatum has uh, come in very strong (laughs) right near the end. (laughs) I've enjoyed that very much. Um, So, uh, are you doing stand up around America? I'm doing stand up around, yes, I'm doing it in LA. I'm going to New York next week, which is the 20th, the 21st, and the 22nd. I'm on at Gotham. Oh, yes. Batman's favorite club. I know. Yep. I hope that he's there. Yep. I'll be doing a shout out to Bruce. And then the week after that, I'm going to Kansas City, Missouri. Wow. How, how did you end up in Kansas That's City, Missouri? That's a great question, Will Anderson. Yeah. I got an email from my agent saying, we've got an offer for Kansas City, Missouri. And I thought, well, that will pay for my flight. Do you know what club you're playing in Kansas City, Missouri? Oh, I, it's, I don't have it on We me. may have some listeners in Kansas City, Missouri. I'm not really sure where that is, but I know that we have listeners right across America in far-fung places. And I also know that people who listen to this podcast have been willing to drive a long way Yikes. to come and see people. So if you are... Yeah, in Kansas City, Missouri. On the, I think it's the like the twenty. What would it be? The twenty seventh, twenty eighth, twenty ninth, something like that. How do you uh, feel about? Is that your first time going out headlining on the road in America? Yes, absolutely. And how does that? Uh, how how long do you have to do? Do you know how long you have to do? Yeah, in Kansas, I'm doing forty five, fifty five. Okay, yeah, 45 sure. To 55. Yeah, pretty standard headlining set. Yeah, and then Gotham, I'm doing two feature spots, which is fifteen minutes, and a headline spot, which is forty five to fifty five. Wow, that'll be amazing. Yeah, incredible. And okay, I- so uh, Kansas City, Missouri, do you know anything about it? Do you know where it is? Have you looked up where it is? I, I, where it is? Well, I know that can- there's Kansas City, Kansas, and there's Kansas City, Missouri, and this is on the Missouri side. Right, but do you know where Missouri is? Yes, it's in the south. Right, so what's well, it near? Mm, next to Kansas. Yeah, but what else <laughs> is it I know nothing about Missouri. I, oh, the right. only thing I know about Missouri. I know that Missouri loves company. Come on, I I'm here all week. <laughs> Well, that's all I was trying to get to with what's it near, by the yeah, way. Right. I was just trying to. <laughs> How can I shoehorn this in? Oh, that's exactly listening? what. I had an old general I was, manager. Missouri Loves Company was trying to knock off mashed potato, but nowhere in the fucking Come on, race. Mate. It was ridiculous. Know your spot. I was like an you Austra- can be of service. I was like an Australian one. Winter Olympian. We're just cannon fodder. <laughs> Come on, Bradbury. Come on. Um, I. You know, all I know is my old general manager was from Missouri, and I said, Where are you from? And he said, Misery. I mean, oh, Missouri. Okay. Oh, okay. I feel like, yeah, all right. you may not be the first person to make that joke. Oh, that's Hurt, disappointing. That, that hurts, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, I feel like I pulled a hammy. You're back. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> um, how do you feel about going out and talking to American audiences? Well, I mean, you've gigged in the UK, so that means that already your material has to be reasonably international. It's different, though. It's absolutely different. How is it different? It's different because... I'll tell you how it's different. I'll Americans like to laugh and English people hey, don't. Hey, so. there it is. Will Anderson hates the UK. You heard it here the 12th time. Can't believe the podcast is not kicking off there. <laughs> I love you if you're listening to it, but look at all the miserable people around you. I don't enjoy them. See, I love UK audiences. I find them very comedy savvy. Uh, savvy, savvy. Three times yeah. savvy. Yeah. Um, what I found is that I have a lot of Australianisms in the way that I talk, mm-hmm. um, which in the UK, even if they don't say you say or use those expressions, they translate fine because there's so many Australians there. There's Australians in the media there. There's at worst case scenario, home and away and neighbours. If you're American, you're listening. They are long running soap operas yep. that have run. They're like young Listeners teenagers. know about home and away. That's what took Charlie away from us. <gasps> Oh, God. Yeah. I love that you still say guest Charlie too. How many yeah. years? Well, we've now done more of these than we did of the old You're one. Right. But anyway, it's, it's, he's going to come back. He's going to come back. You know what? I, I This is like a massive spoiler and it, it may not happen. Oh, my God. But basically all <laughs> I would say is that Charlie's contract says that he can't do any recorded versions of this show. But – we're not oh, sure that if, say, event. if we did a live event around a, a major comedy festival, whether we wouldn't be able to just do one you for, know, that, for that audience. I don't know him. I've never met him. Well, I would hope that if we did a big live one, hypothetically, hypothetically. if we did a big live one, uh, that we would get people 
uh, who had been guest Charlie's to come on and meet him, you know, be Charlie with Charlie. Awesome. Oh, oh I mean, with whoever. Oh, with I mean, whoever. I mean, whatever. With Marley. With anyway, Marley. We don't know if it can happen yet, but there you go. That's a bit of a bombshell, uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you've managed to stick through to the 60 minute mark of the show. No, they'll love you because here's what uh, you have over here is they. They like listening to your voice. Like even if they don't understand everything, mm. they like that they don't understand everything. Yeah. And as long as your story is – you know what? I went and watched a, a, a French performer in Montreal. At the Montreal Just for Last Festival, there's um, – I know that you know this. I'm explaining this to the people at home. No problem. Uh, there is a week uh, where they do the French-speaking festival and then there's a week where they do the English-speaking festival. So if you get there a couple of days early for the English-speaking festival – the French festival is still on. So I went and saw uh, one of France's biggest stand-up comics. Like his whole show was in French. Yeah. And I, I don't understand any French. But I just wanted to go and watch. I had a night there and I had nothing else to do. No one else was in town yet. And um, <clears throat> I did not understand a word of the first third of the show. And I'm not sure this is the case, but I would have loved the experiment of if someone at the end had asked me what the last two-thirds of the show was about – I reckon I would have got at least the gist yeah, sure. of what he was talking about. Sure. You got into the rhythm, yeah. you got into the – like, and that was in a completely different language. If your stories <laughs> make sense yeah. and if you're, what you're talking about has a perspective and an attitude, like a lot of the time people use words I don't understand mm. or they use words that they don't understand mm. incorrectly. Like, you know, a word here and a word there in the in the grand scheme of as long as not every word is like, yeah. you know, a, a word they don't understand. Unfortunately, I've just written a bit about cricket, which I absolutely love, but I won't be using that. No, they're probably not that. Yeah. No. But that will translate in the UK and Australia very well and I'm excited about it. I know, it. but you'll get the backlash from us being good at cricket now and then being shit again. It's fine. It's about how shit we are at um, sporting chance. That over hundreds of years of sporting success and acclaim, we have three songs. Chants are terrible in general, to be honest. No, that's not true. Name one good chant. Okay. The Barmy Army sing to us, Get your shit stars off our flag. Get your shit shit stars off our flag. That's mm. funny. You're trying not to laugh. Oh, no, I'm not, I'm not amused by that. Come on. It's one good line. It's what? one good line of a parody song. Yeah, but they've got like 30 of them. They 30 have... of them? My fucking weirdo Yankovic's put out fucking 30 albums. <laughs> These fuckers going around doing their fucking <laughs> shitty material all day long. Like, you should be able to write a whole fucking new... They're not comedians. They're just dudes. You know what? The fuck that, though. Like, overnight, You're you could so write aggressive. new songs every day off that day's, like... Yeah, but you have to teach them to hundreds of people who are there. hand out a fucking song sheet. They're all to the same, like, tunes. Sure. I right? think we're going to have to agree to disagree. I don't think we are. All it's right, my let's podcast. beef this no, shit out. <laughs> I'm not over. I can take it. All right. Uh, we should finish because it's right. getting to that point of the night. All right. Uh, so uh, where can people find you? Where can people see you? Like we've obviously discussed the US stuff, but back in Australia and online and all those yes. sort of things, where are you? I'm going to be doing the Brisbane Comedy Festival with my brand, brand, brand new show, Never Seen – Never. none of the jokes will have ever been seen in Australia before. Mm-hmm. Uh, that will be from the twi- uh, 18th of March to the 23rd. 3rd of March and then I'm going to be at the Melbourne Comedy Festival uh, for all of the Melbourne Comedy Festival down at Acme near Federation Square. We've got a new venue there called The Cube and then I'm going to be at Sydney Comedy Festival uh, – no, sorry, Perth Comedy Festival. Oh, yeah, cool. For like May 1, 2, 3, I think. And then after that I'm going to do Sydney Comedy Festival which is maybe the 8th, 9th, 10th. Something Is there like a that. place, Felicity, where they can just find actually what those dates are? Like yeah. your Twitter or FelicityAward.com yeah. or something like that? All of those things. I will. I haven't updated my website for ages, okay. but I will. It's FelicityWard.com okay. or I'm on Twitter all of the time, which is yeah. just at FelicityWard. Or to be honest, like, you know, you know how to work a computer because you've downloaded a podcast. Mm. Just Google where you're from and Felicity's name yeah. and the internet will tell you yeah. the information that you need to know. And I'm on the Facebook all the time too on the group page so uh, i'm going to plug something uh, you do that. where are this, you well i'm going to plug certainly something for it's the one year anniversary of this podcast uh, <gasps> on the 15th this weekend uh as a celebration on the 14th we are uh, 
releasing a limited range of T-shirts, uh, Guest Charlie Number 1, the Dave Anthony shirts that James Fosdyke drew. Uh, all the profits from the T-shirts are going to the Comedy Film Nerds uh, podcasting documentary, Earbuds, the podcast documentary. You can support that on Kickstarter. Uh, there's only... Uh, if you love podcasts, this documentary is going to be great for the podcasting industry. If you want more people to be able to make more things, this is the movie that will... A, incorporate what podcasts mean to you guys but b be great for the industry i would love if you support it and the way we're supporting it here on our podcast is for the one year anniversary t-shirts all the money uh, that we make from those goes to the podcasting documentary so even if you're just going to buy a t-shirt buy it on the first day we can give them all the money that would be fantastic um uh, i am on tour yes uh, i'm doing uh, an la gig uh, this sunday uh, at the House of Blues at Sunday night. I will post it on my Facebook and Twitter. I can't, I can't remember the exact details, but Matt Kirshen, who's been a regular guest, Charlie, on this program, is also on that show, so it'll be great fun. Uh, and it's my last show in LA for a couple of months. Then uh, Adelaide Fringe Festival from March to Brisbane Comedy Festival. I am doing a Melbourne International Comedy Festival and Sydney Comedy Festival. Uh, we've just added a second show at Chatswood because the first one sold out and the two more shows are almost sold out. I know it's May, but if you want to come and see the show, you're going to have to get in quick that for that Chatswood one. That Chatswood room so is awesome. It's fucking amazing. It's great. I love it. Please get there if you're in. Yeah, if you're in that area. I yeah. mean, well, I just played there in November and this is obviously the new show. It's not until May, but we sold – like I only did one in November – We've sold one out already. It's not until May, so we've put a second Amazing. one on. It's because it's such a great room to see comedy. It is a like, great room. It's beautiful. So, yeah, um, yeah if, if you're in that area and, you, you know, you're in Sydney and you don't, like to chatty. Travel, if you don't like to travel across the bridge, and I've got to be honest, I am one of those people because I live on the other side of the bridge and when I drove to that gig that night, I realised that my car didn't have an e-tag to get me across the Aww. bridge. Yeah. Oh, darling. Yeah, so I was really... You really don't go across the bridge. I know. <laughs> Terrible. Uh, all right. Uh, Felicity, it's been an absolute pleasure having you part of the podcast, as usual. Thank look, you very much. Um, thank you for having me.